Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. Come on. Is it good to be in church? It is good to be in church, and uh, so good to to worship together and to do church. I just want to thank you for being the greatest church on the planet. You're like, me? Awesome. Yep, that's right, that's right, that's right. The last couple years, man, just, just giving and sowing and showing up and, and just continually being the church. Thank you. And some of the hardest, kind of weirdest, you know, things in, in life kind of took place. And yet, you showed up, you worshiped, you commented, you liked, we gave, we served, and we kept sowing. And the vision never stopped in this church. Now, some of the harvest, some of the fruition of all of it hasn't been seen. And so I think it's been a great season of sowing. And sometimes that's hard. You know, sometimes you're like, all right, I like sowing. But man, is some reaping ever going to happen? And uh, I really believe, just so you know, prophetically, that this church has sown a lot of good seed. And uh, so get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Um, I love you so much. Uh, when, I, when I wake up, honestly, and, and pray and just think about you and as our church family, it just absolutely blows me away that what God has done in this house. Amen. It's supernatural. It's incredible. And we're just stewards. We're imperfect stewards. But we are here to, to love your family, equip your family, be there for you, and also then help. Ultimately, it doesn't stop with you, right? God gets it to you and then hopefully through you. And uh, sometimes it, it's confusing, which season am I in, God? Do I need to get some more through or some more to? And I think it's kind of all of the above. But anyways, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. I know it's crazy, the June and, and graduations and sicknesses. But here we are, lifting up the name of Jesus. And I just know God wants to bless you and God wants to touch you this morning. Amen. And there's an anointing here. Uh, for, I believe some new revelation, and it, it doesn't mean anything like new in the sense of historically or biblically, but new. I believe every generation rediscovers the gospel. I remember someone told me that, rediscovers the gospel. Yeah, every generation rediscovers Jesus and rediscovers the church and, and rediscovers elements of things. So God places within his church a certain aspect. And for some reason, and I want to talk about prayer, we're going to land this plane this morning, and this summer is going to be like a summer sampler, all right? We're not going to necessarily do any series. I just want to just every week just kind of hit you right between the eyes with some fresh word. And you just never know what's going to happen and where we're going to go. And uh, every Sunday is going to maybe be a little bit different just in the sense of what we believe God wants to do and just impart. And, um, and also I think it's a summer sampler idea to if you want a team, uh, figure out maybe to serve on a team, you can sample that. You know Costco samples, you just uh, sometimes it's like, eh, I'm all right. I don't need any of that wonton soup. But then every once in a while you're like, that's some good yogurt. I'm going to buy that. Sample out a team this summer and see if God has some ministry for you there. Um, one of the most difficult things about, I think, uh, just doing church sometimes is it isn't just ultimately to get someone to serve or get you to serve on a team. That's just an entry-level opportunity for you to be able to practically do ministry. The idea is that, is that our job is to give ministry to you, to give to the church, so people can be fulfilled in their ministry. Amen? Sometimes it looks like control, but my, I'm just a broker. And there needs to be cohesive unity sometimes. So it's like, you know, woo, it's not the Wild West. Like, you got a vision? Yeah, whoa, go. You, you like to cast demons out? Start casting them out. You know. Okay, lost everybody. 
on that one. Johnny's a demon caster outer, so we got to kind of rein him in sometimes. I'm just joking. All right, let's, let's end this series. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I want to speak this morning on prayer. We kind of started last week, and we're going to finish today. Are you ready? Are you ready? Church is a place full of faith. Amen. This is interactive. And uh, I love that, that when we get together to preach, we don't just talk about stuff. We talk to Jesus, and Jesus imparts some stuff to us. Amen. That's what makes church exciting. It isn't just a seminar. It's a receiving-nar. It is a, I'm going to get off that. That's just cheesy. But it's a place to receive what we're talking about. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, and also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Someone say distracted. I'm sure you don't understand that because none of us are distracted on our phones or anything squirrel to do in life. But we live in maybe the most distracted generation ever. And so this is Martha. She was distracted with her Ouija board and her Satan worship and her soap operas and, and her unorganic food and her, her bat. No, it was, she was distracted with much serving. Interesting. Interesting. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left? <laughs> I'm saying it like that. All right. Has left me to serve alone? That little martyr spirit, we all got a little victim in us. Even Elijah did. Am I alone? I'm the only prophet left. And God's like, there's 7,000, dork. Get up. It's amazing how Elijah could go from fire falling, fire fall down, fire, to the next moment Jezebel wants to kill him. He's like, ah! You can't relate to that, right? Sunday on the mountain and Monday like, ah! But it's that victim in us. It's that woe is me. It's that my life is so hard. And it, maybe it is until you find someone else that has a harder life. And you're like, maybe I should stop. Okay, something. What? So what, is, what does Jesus say to her when she says, you don't care? You don't care about me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Someone say one thing. I literally want to preach to you this morning um, about prayer. And we spoke last week about one thing is needed. One thing is needed. One thing is needed. I want you to get that in your heart right now. One thing is needed. I want for the next 30, 40 minutes, the next hour and a half to, <laughs> we're still going to be in an hour and a half? No, no. Uh, just the next, whatever, 40 minutes, just to get off of your shoulders. Um, one of my favorite pastors, Pastor Jack Loma, he used, to, he used to pray for us. And he used to literally just like, get it off. I remember the first time I was like, I was like, is he, what's he doing? <laughs> you know, there's different charismatic expressions. Even lately, I'm just worshiping like this, you know. God will give you a new worship move. Just, just let it go. And he'll even give you a new interactive thing to do in church. That's not distracting, but it might be verbal. It might be, amen, you know. Am I, all of a sudden, I mean, I just started preaching one Sunday, I don't know, maybe a couple years ago, and people started standing up. And I was like, cool, yeah, go for it. Like, I'm not trying to get you to stand up. I'm just trying to close out my word and impart it. And someone might just be like, whoa. I'll receive that. 
this is the word, this is church, this is word and, and receiving, and then faith, you know, is birthed, and there's an active participation in that. But the truth of it is, is one thing is needed. Just, 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 just catch a vision for that this morning when you go through your to-do list, that one thing is needed. Try not to let any to-do list hit your mind for the next 40 minutes. So as you're trying not to look at your phone, I also want you to try not to think about things you need to do. I want you to think about the one thing you need to do, and that's pray. Then it goes right into, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, so powerful. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he goes on to tell a story about someone who was asking for bread and couldn't get it. But just because he was his friend, he, he wasn't going to get it. He needed to persist. Entitlement will hit all of us because we all have a little bit of, hey, I've served you, Lord, for 20 years. What's up? And he's like, just because of that friendship and entitlement or connection will not get you what you need. You need to persist. Persistence in prayer is what you'll get. Then he talks about the, a, a father, if you're you be an evil father, you, you're going to give gifts to your kids. Like how many of you, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, will give it? He literally finishes this whole thing with, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit every time you pray. That's a really, really cool promise. I want to speak this morning on Jesus wants to give you prayer. That's, that's really quiet. <laughs> Did you know that? Like when you think about prayer, you're like, hey, how's your prayer life? Man, I just got just to get a prayer life. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you have this in your heart that Jesus is the one that wants to? Where did you get your faith? Well, uh, Jesus. Where, where did you get your peace? Okay. Where did you get your prayer life? So I believe that Jesus, when we ask, like, I want to ask. I, I'm going to ask for a prayer life. Jesus is going to give you a prayer life. Amen? All right, let's pray. I'll just stop the awkward silence. Don't worry. Let's get right into it this morning. Jesus, we thank you that we're here as a church gathered together around no other name but the name of Jesus. We're not here for the name of Activate, even though that's our local church, that's our family. But, Lord, we're gathered under your name. We gather under the name that is above every name. And we just lift you up in this place, Lord, and say we just give you our lives. We give you our past. We give you our present and our future. We give you all that we have. Because you're the one that gave us everything. You formed us in our mother's womb. You breathe life into us. You bought us, Lord, with your blood. You filled us with the Holy Spirit. And God, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 So last week we talked about the 1980s church. Some of us grew up. Amen. In that church. And so all week long, you've probably been singing old 80s songs. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day. I love that chord change back then. Like that was the crescendo, man. The, woo, the chord change. Anyway. I was thinking about, I grew up listening to Brother Dick Iverson and, and just sitting in the front row. I didn't love church, but there was something about preaching that I liked. There was something about 
just hearing the word of God, I don't know, or even just early on, five, six years old, that, that I, I really, really, really liked. And I, I kind of put every sermon in two categories. And I don't know if preachers back then had this outline, but it just seemed like they had this outline. That, that one Sunday was going to be about all that you needed to do. And then the next Sunday was going to be all that God could do. And, and it often sounded like, come on, you need to get going, right? Two-thirds of God is go, right? Come on. We real Christians fight on their knees. Let's get going. Amen. Where there's sin burn, you need sunscreen. Amen. Get the sun. Amen. That might have been a church sign, right? Right? Um, and so, and so, and so you, you, need to, you need to get moving. And it's going to work if you work it. Right? So you got, that's right. I need to get moving. I need to get going. And then we kind of jump over to, what are you doing? Your righteousness is like filthy rags. And you're like, I don't know. I was just trying to do what you said last week, Pastor. And so now it's like, what are you doing? The cross finished it all. Right? There's no way but Yahweh. Come on. Let go and let God, brother. You're like, all right, I want to let, I just, yes, I'm tired of trying to do this. Lord, take over. It's all you. It's all God. And sometimes when you get in that moment, some of you are thinking, okay, what's the problem? That's, that's right, right? That's a good thing. And, but, but the problem is we get, it gets very bipolar. It gets very sort of, what, okay, is this what, something that God's supposed to do? Because even right now in your life, you are facing something where you're trying to figure out, is this something that God just needs to do? Or is this something that I need to do, right? Are you praying for that person? Or do you need to go and confront that person? And all of us love confrontation. I know all of us just love healthy confrontation. Hey, do you think we could have a talk about something? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, right. Avoid, avoid. And that's why I think we've all become, I'm praying for you. I'm praying, you know, for everybody. Because I don't think I want to confront. But it's all God or it's all me. But if I was to sum that up, I, 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 I think it's prayer. I think the truth of it is, I know the truth of it is, is that God is the one who can and will do it all. And only in prayer is this recognition that all that I am is sitting at the feet of Jesus saying, Lord, only you can do. Only you can do this. And so real prayer, and I'm not talking about theoretical prayer. I'm not talking about the idea of a prayer life. I'm talking about an actual prayer time from 6 to 7 or whatever. I'm talking about a tangible time period where you are actually exercising your faith, not where we just proclaim things, but I mean literally I can do all things through Christ. How do you do all things through Christ? How, what is that? Is that just something we quote or is that an actual prayer life where we stand and sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I can do nothing without you. So is prayer the culmination of the through that you can do all things through Christ? So prayer might be the actuality, the realization of all of my statements of faith. He's my healer. He's my provider. Maybe prayer is the place where all the things I say I believe, I actually practice and go about doing. Maybe the world is full of needy Christians because we're not doing the one thing that we need to be doing because we think we need to be doing all these things. But God said, no, I just need you to do one thing. There's one thing that's needed. Is that true? Do we really believe that one thing is needed? Does anyone believe that? Good, nobody. All right, I'm going to keep preaching. Do we really believe, I mean, actuality of faith, that one thing is needed? 
that when, what? Okay, let me ask you, how did you get saved? The father revealed his son to you? Jesus told Peter, who do you say I am? Peter's like, you're the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the Messiah. And Jesus, what did he say? This was, not, this was not ascertained by you. It was revealed to you. So the, at, at the very genesis of your Christianity is you get no credit and God gets all the credit. So we can take credit for nothing when we receive and believe and say, Lord, you have revealed to me your son, Jesus Christ. Then what does Paul say? Now take that revelation that's been given to you has been given to you, and in your heart, mix in some faith and, 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 and say out of your heart, your mouth speaks. What do we call this? We call this the sinner's prayer. It's at the sinner's prayer that we begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus is the only God that actually came to planet earth. So we are teaching people that we are not a part of a religion. We are a part of the reality and revelation that Jesus Christ has come to each one of us. And the moment you recognize that, you start a very real relationship with Jesus called the sinner's prayer. It's a simple response to the word of God saying, I give you my life because you already gave me yours and so this sinner's prayer receives the reality of conversion by faith and if you've been converted you know that somewhere along that prayer or that moment it's real it's not just an idea of come save me okay I guess I did that no no but when you walk in true conversion and salvation and you receive Lord I'm a sinner there's a trueness in your heart. There's a faith that you recognize, I'm a sinner. I want you to be saved. I'm not talking about some just altar call. I'm talking about a very real moment where you receive and respond to the word of God, right? And you say, Lord, come save me. And then Jesus, through that heart, faith, prayer, comes into your life and actually saves you. And you're like, whoa, Jesus. It's that prayer that saves you by faith. And it's supposed to continue for the rest of your life. And so our relationship with Jesus started in prayer and it's supposed to continue in prayer. But somewhere along the way, we become Martha. See, Martha's the one that invited Jesus into her home, a.k.a. a Christian. Jesus, come into my house. And then what do we do? We now then start doing all the things we think we need to do. There's so much to do. We got to get to church. We got to get holy. We got to do date night. We, I got to be a good husband. I got to be a good father. I got to read books. I got to build homes and start businesses. I got to go back to counseling. I need to forgive some people. I don't want to forgive them. Okay, fine. I will forgive them. I got to get better. I got to preach. I got to teach. I got so much. I got so much to do. And I'm a, I'm a Martha. And, and, and yet there's one thing. That there's this one thing, and yet there's one thing, there's one thing. How was the church birthed? How was a Christian birthed? Prayer, not just prayer, but like seed, word, response, heart, and faith prayer. How was the church birthed? Pentecost, 120 people unified, connected, and boom, the Holy Spirit prayer meeting prayer meeting and what have we done though we get converted we come together and we have a few hot meetings but then we jump right back to our Martha stuff and and Jesus is like hey Martha um, Mary chose the good part Mary Mary chose the good part and 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 it's confusing because we're like hold on it's it's like Sunday brunch right how many of you love Sunday brunch or Saturday brunch, or any brunch, and Friday brunch, right? It's like, why do you have to put it to a day? It's just brunch, period, right? Yeah, because what happens is you open up the menu, and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to get some eggs benny. I'm an eggs benedict guy, especially if that brunch has, you know, thinly sliced ham. You know what I mean? I get that, oh, 
ooh, and they shave it up, yeah. And they get the hollandaise and the perfectly cooked, you know, egg and the poached egg. And then the, 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 the English muffin's perfect. And sometimes they put a little mixed green salad with a little olive oil and vinegar. And it just kind of counteracts the sauce. And it's just like this moment, right? And you're just like, ooh. But then all of a sudden you keep reading. And you're like, oh, my goodness, they have French toast too. And it's not just French toast. They have brioche French toast. And they got the cinnamon and the vanilla. And they, oh, no. And then there's also other French toast with like little candied pecans or walnuts, right? And anybody getting hungry? And then, and then they got the banana slices, right? And, and then they got the little maple syrup. And then, and then for some of us, we, we try to pretend it's healthy. Well, I might get some oatmeal, right? Maybe might be some oatmeal today. Because they got, the, again, the candy pecans, and they got the raisins, and they got the bananas, and they got the brown sugar. And you're just like, ooh, that sounds so good. But all of a sudden, you turn the page, and there's pancakes. And it's not just pancakes, but there's blueberry pancakes. And there's chocolate chip pancakes. And there's sour. You ever had sourdough pancakes? They'll change your life. And so you're like, do I want sourdough pancakes? Maybe I do. And then there's bacon and there's sausage. And when they have, though, the sausage patty, somebody help me. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I'm, the sausage patty, there's something about the patty that's different than the links. Can I get an amen? And it's different than the bacon, but sometimes I need the bacon. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, there's assorted pastries and there's cinnamon rolls and there's, and, there's, and there's croissants and there's almond croissants and there's chocolate croissants. And all of a sudden I start ordering for myself. And I start bartering deals with people, right? Let's split the eggs, Benny, and then we'll get this French toast, and then we'll order some pancakes for the table. For the table. <laughs> Anybody order for the table? Let's just get, a, let's get some of that for the table, right? Yeah, that's just me plus, you know, one. So it, it's, we, 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 we pretend that Christianity is this brunch menu when Jesus said, excuse me, I am the bread of life. I'm not, I didn't ask you to choose and go after all these things. You can do none of these without me. And some real Christians said, amen. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. I am the eggs, Benny. I am your French toast. I am brioche. I am a sausage link. I am. How can you think that you just get to build and walk and do all these different things apart from me? You can do nothing apart from me. I am everything that you need. I am your bread. And so when you come to me, when you come to Jesus in prayer... You are recognizing the reality of your faith when you, when you step into a prayer time and you step in your prayer closet and you close the door. And again, there's no hate. This is all encouragement. This is all love. I don't hate. I love to celebrate. Amen. Can I get an amen? Come on, talk to me. I, I, just, I need some love. I need some love. Feeling slightly insecure about this prayer message. But I'm just joking. It's a prayer closet. It's a prayer closet. I'm not here to bump anyone. I'm not here to... I'm not here. I just, my, my son's mowing the lawn, and it's like, ooh, it's not doing it right. It's just kind of, here's how we, so many of us have got this prayer life in the car. And again, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. That's not what Jesus was teaching about the one thing that's needed. When you sit at someone's feet, that is what you are doing. It is an intimate play. You ever sat at someone's feet in a while? It's a little bit like, it's very vulnerable. It's very intimate. And there's some things that take place in that prayer closet that, 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 that no one needs to see your face. Like, I, I make some weird faces in prayer, and it takes some focus. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 5, you got to get away. you got to shut the door because there's some stuff. And so for so many of us Christians, we, we don't understand what's happening. It's because we're not doing the one thing that's actually needed because the one thing that's needed actually leads to everything else. So we're off doing, trying to do everything that only Jesus can do. He's saying there's one thing you need to do, and that's come to me and allow me to do it. But it's not a theory or a statement or a cliche or a church 
prophesying. It's a prayer time in the morning where the reality of your faith, Lord, you're my healer. You're my savior. You're my way maker. You're my Lord. You're my savior. You're my comfort. You're my peace. And here's my life and my day. Here's my past, my present, and my future. Here's my kids. Here's my bills. Here's my life. Lord, come and be Lord. That's what prayer is. Prayer is not, I think I'll have some oatmeal this summer. I'm going to work on some, some prayer stuff this summer. And then this fall, I'm going to drill down on my identity. Yeah. And then winter, I'm going to work on a small group. And then all of that, all good things, Martha, come from sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so every Christian, every Christian has their genesis. Is how did you get saved? How'd you get saved? We all have, from us to Japan to Africa, we all have the same story. Um, this, this revelation, and then I, I believed, I responded, that has to be reciprocity. I responded, and I started praying or talking to Jesus and thinking about Jesus. And, and all it is is all the same description of prayer. It's all an intimate description of prayer and it changes everything you don't just read the bible like a book because you, you recognize the bible starts to read you yeah i'm not talking about a little scripture to keep me the day keep the devil away i'm talking about when you take a dip in the script i'm talking about when you go in and you raise your hands when do you do the book of psalms and I know this is a heavy discipleship word, but I just want to know, when do you do the book of Psalms? It, it cannot be just in church. It's got to be at home. Well, how do I do this? It's not five minutes in the shower or 20 minutes in the car. It's prayer closet stuff. It's prayer closet stuff. It's prayer closet stuff. Jesus said, I am the menu. I'm the menu. I've got Jesus in my house. Jesus said, well, there's one thing that's needed. Needed is priority. Mature Christians, successful people, people in life that have lived some life, understand that, that priority is everything. And so when you hear a master builder or a skillful person, you won't just hear hot tips. Well, what you need to do with your kids is you need to set some boundaries, right? Like, okay, that's cool. I get it. They just need love. They just need love. You're like, okay, I know that, but like... But a master parent, a master builder will come along and they'll give you a key. Because not all, all, not all advice is equal. Right? Like, what's wrong with my car? I think it's the flux capacitor. Right? And they're like, well, no, do you have any gas in there? Like, oh. Like, gas is not equal to, like, certain things in a car. It's not equal to how clean your car is. Like, it's not equal. But yet in Christianity, for some reason, we've just been like, it's all the same. It's all the same. And she's like, it's not. Actually, time with me every day is the one thing that's needed for us to continue in our relationship. That's it. Why? Because everything you have, where'd you get it? From me. Well, why'd you stop coming to me? Oh, uh, I stopped coming to you because I thought I could do it or I didn't need anything done. And Jesus said, no, no, I need you. Mary has chosen the good part. The priority, the dishes can wait. The bills can wait. The vacuuming can wait. Mary has chosen Chosen, chosen. I wish we had that little reverb. Chosen, 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 chosen. Mary, because it's a choice. 
When you look at your day, you get to decide the statement of faith that's real in your life. That yes, there's bills and yes, there's things to do, but I'm going to hit the deck and sit at the feet of Jesus for an hour. Why? Because it's in that tension that you will feel stupid for about 30 seconds or five minutes, depending upon how mature your prayer life is. Because why? Because you're going to feel like you're not doing anything because you're not. So you're like, and with phones, it's the hardest thing. We're like, ding. Bills, taxes, ding. Oh, the report. Oh, shoot. So then you're like, Lord, you're all, you're all I need. Oh, you're all I need. Dad, shut up. I'm trying to pray. Right? Your door's closed. Your door should be closed. And, and hopefully, you know, it's not just closed because of other things. Your kids will find out. But hopefully maybe it's because of prayer, you know. It's like, because mom and dad's door is closed. I'm, 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 I'm praying. Why? Because I've got my, my place. I've got my secret place. And, 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 and I'm, I'm sitting here. And I'm, I'm, I'm choosing. But the tension of the soul. This is where every Christian, every day, you get to have that shock that you need. That are you in control or is he? And this is the moment a praying Christian every day has that reality of going from cliches and statements of faith, praying for your brother, God's good brother, God's in control sister, hallelujah, where that hallelujah is hallelujah, hallelujah, and it becomes real. Your faith becomes real in the place of prayer. That's the one thing that's needed. That's the one thing that's needed. And it's in that moment where Jesus says, and she has chosen the good part. What does that mean? That prayer can be the best part of your day. Prayer should be. Like when you think of prayer, I want you to think of a burrito. And it's like a 14-layer burrito. And you know when your wife asks you for a bite, you don't give her like the hardened crust on just the edge. And if you do, you need to repent. Amen. God's in this, there's forgiveness in the house. But if Carrie asks me for my 21 layer burrito, I'm gonna get all 21 layers. 21 layers. And if there's like 20 layers, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna get a new bite. Why? Because I gotta get all of the goodness and all the sour cream and the salsa and all the jalapenos in there and give her, we call it a prime bite. We're like, here's a, here's a prime bite for you. Jesus is saying, Mary has chosen the prime part, the best part of her day. With all the things going on, when you wake up in the morning, it is a statement of this is the best part of my day. Why? Because Jesus is the best part of my day. It's not a statement of faith. It's a reality. His presence is the best part of my life. His grace is all I need. Do you see this? He is my healer. When you stand in a prayer time, you are declaring for time and eternity to your past, present, and future that what comes out of your mouth is not just a statement of faith. It is a reality of faith. And that's when a praying church begins to walk in power because you stand there at six, seven, eight in the morning saying, he is my healer. He is my provider. He is my way maker. Are you with me? Someone shout amen. He is. And you are proclaiming in your home, in your prayer closet. And then you grab your spouse and you pray. You did not get saved together. The source of your prayer life cannot be together because it's you. It's an individual faith. Then you pray with them. Then you pray as a family. See, it's amazing to me, and this, again, this is a pastoral word, I guess, but it's amazing to me how busy we are, and so it's always a fight to find this prayer time. And Jesus knew that. That's why even in the third world, I mean, again, I don't want the curse of poverty. I don't, I don't preach this to... 
I think, unbalanced here because I don't want the curse of the third world. But it is amazing the thing that they do have. They might not have clean water. They might not have all the food they need. I'll tell you what, they can pray. They can pray me right, right, off, the, yeah, right off the platform. Yeah. And their church services are six hours. Why? Well, in some instances, they don't have a lot to do in the village. So church that day is, we got plans though, right? So you're going to wrap up at 1230 or 12.35. We're going to go see Maverick at 340. I haven't seen it. I heard it's good. Yeah, taking the kids. Yeah, I got, I'm pumped. I'm so excited to see it. We'll go to, we'll go to uh, what's that place we eat? <laughs> the Mexican, the what? Los Pepes. That's right, Los Pepes. Maybe I'll see you at the, we got, we got things to do. So that's why tomorrow morning, I'll try to pray. Yeah, we're going to get that in. It's one thing on the menu. And you said, I am the menu. I am the menu. This isn't about. So what happens is when you decide, it sounds like legalism. It's that, like that little inner thing in you. And, and this is like, no. No, 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 no. A New Testament Christian's prayer life is the reality. It's the touchable, tangible part. And as human beings, we need that. We don't say tomorrow dinner is just whenever. We're just going to Whenever. No, we're intentional about it, are we not? We're intentional about it. And what happens is when you get intentional and you choose, you say, I'm going to be a, I'm, okay, one thing is needed. I'm believing this word. I'm responding to this. I see it in the Bible. What happens is then you start to move everything around it because it's immovable. So you're not going to move it. So then you're like, man, 5.30 comes early. I remember when I had to bump back my, I'm not a morning person, hear me. And I had to, I did not ever want to see 5 o'clock on my alarm. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> Where's my night owls? Um, and so I never wanted to see it, um, but I had to do it. And so the, the night times, uh, I often fall asleep during our show, you know, or during. Our, and, and, and so, but what happens is that's not going to move. Everything else has to move. And that's where your faith is going to increase. And you say, and you wake up, and you need your prayer time, and you need to pay the bills, and you need to do all these things. And it's like, nope, all I need is my Bible, I need my worship, and I need my prayer. Are you all in? Okay, can we just get a little bit deeper in the weeds and then we'll have some fun in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the reason that we look at an hour is Jesus said, can you not watch with me for an hour? Can you not tarry with me for an hour? Jesus, God is, is, is a very practical God. God made the 24 hours, uh, 24 hour. God made the seven days a week. In Genesis, he created the days. He created systems for our benefit. So God is a God of markers and boundaries and systems and strategies. You serve a God of systems and strategies. He said, can you not pray for one hour? When we see Jesus, we see him in a certain place. So he had a place. He had probably a few different places throughout his, his ministry years, but there was a certain place. When Jesus taught them, he said, when? When do you pray? It's very practical. With all of this theology, he's like, when you pray? When do you pray? I don't know. Just No, no. When? 6.15. Okay, 6.15. When do you pray? And then just to be real practical, how long does it take to pray the Lord's Prayer? Now, I'm not talking about how long does it take to recite it. I'm talking about how long does it take to pray the Lord's Prayer. You can just recite it in probably 20 seconds. But to actually pray it, Jesus said, when you pray, say. So that means there needs to be some, some, some praying and some words 
through this prayer, hallowed praising Jesus. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Not your will, but not my will, but your will. How long does it take to pray for his will over your kids, over your family, over your finances? How long does it take to forgive everybody? There's some people and there's some past that needs to be forgiven. Amen? And Lord, deliver us from temptation. What, how, how do you get delivered from temptation? By the power of the Holy Spirit. So you receive the Holy Spirit. I would say this takes between 20 and 30 minutes, and then you put some Bible reading on top of that, and then you put some coffee and some tea and light in your candle and get in your prayer blanket, we call it an hour. So the problem is if we say 30 minutes, because you're a grace person, God bless you. I'm just grace. That's not a lot of heavy revy. That's great. Okay, talk to me in two years. Is, is, is 30 minutes means 15, 10. Because you got one snooze. Come on. If you don't have any snoozes, you are amazing. I got one good snooze in me. I get the dogs, turn on the espresso machine, get my blanket, and you'll see me at 545. Don't come up and please, don't come up for proof. Follow me on Instagram. We're going to do some prayer together. I'll show you why I pray. I think it's important. Because I'm telling you, this is the one thing that's needed. This is the one thing that's needed. If this gets in your heart right now, whether you're going through divorce or you're losing your business or you need answers, I'm telling you right now, recalibrate all your priorities. I'm not saying don't go to the seminar. Go to all the seminars. Read all the books. Find a mentor. But I'm saying when your faith is rooted, you are a Christian, you have the blood of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit, and God told us that there's one thing that's needed. And we see Jesus with a lifestyle of prayer. They found him all the time praying. This is what it means to be a Christian. To say, Lord, I I give you everything. I'm going to spend time with you every day. Every day. I'm telling you right now, it'll solve 63% of your problems. And 65% of all stats are made up. Are you hearing me? (laughs) I'm just saying right now. As, as a pastor, this to me is, is not equivalent to anything. It's just literally putting a name. It's putting a tangible, touchable thing on your relationship with Jesus. I believe your marriage is supposed to have a name on it. Married to who? Well, you know. I go to church. Where? Well, the, the church. That doesn't mean anything. So spiritually Buddhist weird. I go to Activate Church. I have a family. Here's my kids' names. I have a relationship with Jesus that's thriving intimately and real through worship and prayer and his word and through forgiveness and through intimacy. What's that look like? Well, it looks like a lot of things, but it starts at 5.45 every morning. Every morning? Not every morning, but Christmas looks a little different. I tell you, if, this, this, this is where it's at. Like, my day is better with prayer. It might look like on Christmas because we're not legalists. It might look like 1230. I get off to the back deck while the kids are putting a few things together. And I might grab 30, 40 minutes. Because I'm already up. I, gotta, I just got to be with the one. And no joke. On our honeymoon, it rained a lot. So our honeymoon was weird. We had some storms in Maui. But I was like, man, I'm the only the best version of me when I'm with Jesus. I gotta go out to the balcony. That's a good place to pray. Even public prayer, though, is often weird to me. I don't mind it. I'm just letting you know I gotta get alone. 
got a closet off. I don't want anyone to see because what is going to take place is very intimate. It's very... And when you get to that place, though, these disciples were there. They're, they said, Lord, they found him praying. Because when you get around real prayer, it does something to your spirit. Like, I don't want to just pray. I don't want to just read lists. I don't want to just do some dry act of devotion. I want what Jesus has. So when they found him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say how, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to pray. Because it, that would mean that they had something that needed to be upgraded. What they said is, Lord, teach us to pray, cause us to pray. It's the same word as when David said, is there not a cause? It's the same word when Jesus stood before Pilate and said, for this cause I was born. It is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, literally causing something to take place in your life. The disciples were saying, we're done. We admit it. We're sinners. We can't pray, but we want prayer. We can't get faith out of our flesh. I can't find peace in money. I can't find joy by myself. It's the same prayer of salvation and desperation that says, Lord, cause me to pray. Make me pray. Give me prayer. This is what the disciples prayed. They said, Lord, give me prayer. I need prayer because I realize it's supernatural. See, when you recognize the reason that none of us pray, or I should say prayer can be difficult, is because it's supernatural. It's just like faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. It's supernatural. Salvation is supernatural. Miracles are supernatural. But hear me. Do you hear me? Do you hear my heart? Baptism has water. Why? Jesus is in the points of contact. So for us to go, well, I just walk with God all day long. Okay, fine. But if Jesus thought it important to have a point of contact with water, I know it's not the water. It's the act of faith of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I understand that. It's the same thing while you come up here for an altar call. The laying on of hands is a point of contact. That, that hour in the morning is a point of contact that, that helps your soul understand. Because what happens with most people is when they hit a hard time and they don't know how to talk to God, depression and heavy darkness sets into their soul because they, they can't find a God when they need God. And so God says, just set apart time in the morning and just, just get just get with me. Just get with my word. Just get with my presence. So at any time you need to access grace immediately, you'll know how to find me right there. Cause me to pray. Lord, make me pray. Instruct and cause me to pray. That's what they said. And Jesus said, okay. Just like salvation, I see a sincere heart saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. And Jesus comes in and he saves. Our, our God saves every time a sinner responds out of the trueness of their heart to the word of God. And so these disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. We want prayer. We want prayer. We want prayer. And Jesus gives them prayer. I'll prove it. They walk around saying, our Father, right after this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. They gather with our, your kingdom come. Your will be done. People are like, where did you get that? They're like, from Jesus. <laughs> where did you get that? From Jesus. Where'd you get that prayer life from Jesus? Where, where'd you get that faith from Jesus? 
not just because you go to activate an activated faith in your heart. No, Jesus activated it. Where did you get that worship, Jesus? Where did you get that tenacity, Jesus? Where did you get that confidence, Jesus? Where did you get that, that hunger for the word of God, Jesus? How are you so bold to invite everybody to church? How are you so bold to preach the gospel? How, are you so, how did you get so confident, Jesus? How do you worship so passionately, Jesus? Why do you always want to talk about God? How do you, why do you prophesy? Every time I get around you and I want to have a pity party, you begin to activate a prophetic word over my life. Where did you get that, Jesus? I'm telling you God is raising up a church that prays and is open and centered around the name that is above every name how did your family get restored Jesus how did you meet with that how did you forgive that person Jesus how did you figure that out Jesus where did you get that business idea I'm telling you right now God is going to begin to be your CEO your CFO I'm into strategies I'm into excel spreadsheets but i'm telling you something happens when you say lord one thing is needed in my business and it's you lord one thing is needed in my life and it's you one thing is needed one thing is needed and lord it's you give me prayer some of you in your heart right now you're saying lord give me prayer give me faith Give me joy. What is it that you need this morning? Ask him. Ask him. Ask him. What do you need? Lord, give it to me. Lord, I need prayer. I want to pray. Lord, I want to pray. I want to worship. I want it to be real. I want to read your word. Lord, I want it to be real. I want it to be real. God, I want your presence. I want to pray. Lord, I want to pray. Lord, I want to pray. Lord, I want to pray. I want to seek your faith. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hold on, one second. So he gives him prayer. He says, here, say this. Say this. Say this when you pray. I love that he just said when. He gets to when. Okay. Say this. And when you pray, say. So Jesus is helping us as the master teacher. And also at the same time, he's, he's giving us prayer. So he's giving us something. He's saying, open your mouth. This is why church, what did he say about his house? House of prayer. So what's going to happen, I believe, in the next couple months as people begin to pray like never before and they choose the good part is you're going to come in here with fire. You're not coming in here to just get filled up even though that happens because God's so good. But you're going to come in here already on fire and you begin to pray and God's going to speak more clearly than he ever has. I'm telling you, all revivals come out of a praying church. The church was birthed in prayer. Say this. So it's a church that prays. It's a church that has words. It's a church that praises. And we practice this, and we do this, and we learn this, and we receive this every morning in prayer. So when we say nothing else is going to move, I'm hungry for the presence of God. I'm tired of just talking about it. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. I got my prayer time. I got my certain place. I got my, I got my win. Lord, I'm going to see you tomorrow at 545. And Jesus said, all right, now I want you to start with praising the name of God. I want you to, I want you to say, our Father, who 
art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so I want you to, when you get up in the morning and you get your coffee, that's fine. But I want to show you the power of the kingdom of God at 5.30 in your When you begin to praise the very name of the living God, heaven literally begins to fall in your prayer closet. And you literally begin to say, Lord, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. I lift you up over my family. I lift you up over my finances. I lift you up in this place. I lift you up. Praise your name. I lift you up. You're worthy. You're awesome. You're amazing. And Christians all over the planet lifting up the name that is above every name. Hallowed be your name. Praise you, Lord. I worship you. You're worthy. Oh, church, begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. Begin to praise Him. five minutes or maybe you're ten minutes and then he goes our oh, father heart in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done and so now you've gone from praise praise is always first Judah is always first and then you begin to pray your will be done over my kids over my bills Lord your will be done your will be done not my will be done Lord your will be done over my family over my business see all of a sudden now you're praying now all of a sudden all those verses are becoming real I can do all things through Christ Lord you're my provider Lord you want to count on a thousand Lord you're my healer Lord you're my boss you're my marriage counselor. Let your will be done on my marriage. Let your will be done on my kids. Let your will be done on my business. Let your will be done this summer. And you begin to pray and petition heaven and bombard heaven and supplicate and intercede and speak in tongues. And all of a sudden, 25 minutes, you've been praising You've been praying, and then you forgive. You're like, Lord, I forgive that person. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And you begin to move into repentance, and you say, Lord, change my attitude. Change my heart. Lord, change my mind. And you begin to ask God for forgiveness, and he begins to wash you, and, and, and he begins to cleanse you. And then you begin to let go of people that have hurt you. God, I forgive them. Lord, I let them go. Lord, I let them go. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I let them go. I forgive them. Lord, give me today my daily bread. And you begin to pray for your needs naturally. Lord, I pray for that new car. Look, I let that car, let that car get fixed. Lord, let the house, Lord, I just pray for the house. And Lord, I pray for my spiritual needs. Lord, give me your word. Lord, give me your spirit. And deliver me not from, from, from deliver me from temptation. Deliver me from evil. How does that happen? By the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you begin to say, Lord, fill me up, Holy Ghost. Fill me up, Holy Ghost. And then Jesus said, don't give up. Keep persisting. Keep persisting. And then he says, you want me to cause you to pray? You've asked me to cause and make you pray. Jesus gave us the promise. He said, every time you pray, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. It's not just on Pentecost Sunday. It's not just when Isaac has an altar call. It's 365. It's every morning in the day. Be drunk. Be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to begin to crave and look forward to the 
Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Spirit that fills you in your bedroom, in your den, in your living room, in your prayer room. When you shut the door and you say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me today my daily bread and forgive me and I forgive those and fill me with the Holy Spirit. And God goes, here, here's prayer. Here's my presence. Here's the Holy Ghost. Here's peace. Here's joy. Here's my word. Here's my plan. Heaven begins to fall in your room. Sometimes you don't have words and you just need to go. A little bit louder. Sometimes it's just la la la. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you need to give your life to Jesus, just give your life to Jesus right now. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I thank you for giving me yours. If you need salvation this morning, just receive it. He died for you. Dad, I ask you. Say, Jesus, just identify, just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need you to save me. He's going to come in and respond to that very first act of faith, prayer, response to his word. Jesus, if you need to rededicate your life this morning, just say, Jesus, I need to hand over the reins back to you and say, King Jesus, take over. Would you cause me? I... I Here's, here's the theological thing. Jesus gives you the thing that you need in order to do the thing that you need to do. <laughs> Did you hear me? That's the bonkers thing about Jesus that people will not understand. I, I thought Christians need to pray. Yeah, we, we do. I thought Christians need to forgive. We do. That Christians are supposed to love and well we we do, but he he's the one that gives me the thing in order to do the thing I need to do. I think this is a lost message in the church. We need to pray, but he's the one that gives us prayer. He's the one that gives us faith. If you need prayer this morning. If you gave your life to Jesus this morning, if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, I just want to take a moment. I'm going to just ask you to come up here. 
If you, if this is you, I just want to pray real quick. We'll say one. I just want to lay my hands on a few people. But if you, if this is you this morning, if this is you this morning, and you say, "Man, I, 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 I want to pray. I want to go all in." If that's you this morning, if you need healing this morning, if, if you need a touch of God, if you need some life poured in, if you need the Holy Spirit this morning, if you need that this morning, across all those different needs this morning, I want you just to come up here real quick. We're just going to pray for you. Just, just come up. If, you, if you're saying, man, this is it. I'm, 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 I want this prayer life. Just come on. Just come on. I want this prayer life. I want this prayer life. This is, this is, this is a monumental moment for me and my house and my family. Come on. Come on. Come on. I need, I need healing in my body. If that's you, if you need faith, just come on up here. Just come on. You know this is a response to the word of God. Come on, church. Just a few more minutes. Just come on. If you need, if you need healing in your body, just come on. If you you know you have a very real uh, need. I'm telling you right now, I did not like the church and I had to pray, God, break my heart for the church. I love world missions. I did not love church. I needed God to break my heart for his bride because I did not like the church. I loved radical frontier missions and God broke my heart for his bride. I'm telling you right now, wherever you're at, you're saying, I want to be on fire. Maybe you're a young person that says, man, I want to be able to walk onto my high school campus without fear and peer pressure. I want to be able to not be weird, but represent God in my generation. If there's something in your heart, just come on up for a moment. Just come up here wherever you're at and say, Lord, this is what I need. If you need some faith, if you need faith, if you need fear broken in your life, come on, come on up. Just give me one more minute. Come on up. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear, says the Lord, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. If you need a miracle this morning, get up here. Get up here for this prayer in Jesus' name. If you need a touch of heaven in this place, just come on up here. Jesus, Jesus, fill this place. Holy Spirit, just feel right now. What I think you just touch right now. Holy Spirit, just fill this place right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just fill in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, just fill in this place. Holy Spirit, just fill in this place. Come on, church, one last time. Holy Ghost, heal in this room. Break depression in this room. Break fear in this room. Oh, bring clarity in this room. Break anxiety in this room. Whatever you need this morning, throw your hands up and say, Lord, I need a touch. I need a word. I need prayer. I need counsel. I need you in this place. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Touch. Jesus. If you need some prayer, come on up here. We're going to continue to pray. We love you so much. Have an incredible day. We're going to continue to pray. For whatever you need, if you need some prayer, come on up here. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.